Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Pretty good. Excellent. Excellent. Hey. So the cocktail of the week this week, uh, we got two things going on. <laughs> One is that I made us a new cocktail of the week, which is delish. But last week, you invented a cocktail of the week that it turns out many other people had invented before you. Just like a white guy. <laughs> Hey, I invented something new that's been invented three times by other people. So last week we were talking about what you could mix Jägermeister with to make popsicles and uh, because it won't freeze by itself. And we kind of settled on root beer and Jägermeister. And I like, that'd be a pretty good cocktail. Just as a theory, just being like Einstein about this. We yep. didn't actually freeze the stuff. We have not frozen anything, nope. but we did uh, find some root beer in our downstairs fridge and make this cocktail, which it turns out is a cocktail that other people have invented before, and it's called the Drunk German. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons. Um, you could call every cocktail the Drunk German. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. I mean, it tastes like Jägermeister and root beer. Jägermeister and root beer work really well together. Yep. Su surprisingly good. Since so, they're from different corners of the earth and we're not, you know, didn't develop in the same ecosystem. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, so we did that. And so that could be our cocktail of the week. But then I also just made us a new cocktail we haven't had before called the Chartreuse Swizzle. So a swizzle is like a tiki cocktail and it's like you put all of your stuff in the bottom, like your spirit. And usually there's some juice and like something to sweeten it. And then you top it with crushed ice and then you use a swizzle stick, which is like a skinny stick that's got like little tines sticking out of the bottom and you move around back and forth in your hand like you're trying to start a fire with a stick, rubbing a stick on a log. Yeah, it's got like a little, not a propeller on the bottom, but like Kinda little, like little wires though. sticking out to the sides. Yeah. And then you move it up and down as you're spinning it around and it basically like brings the, mixes the stuff from the bottom, all the ingredients up in with the ice. Plus, swizzle's a good callback to our swizz. The swizz. The swizz. The teeny tiny pal named the swizz. <laughs> um, so this drink's delish. It's chartreuse, pineapple juice, lime juice, and velvet falernum, which is a, a syrup. You can just buy it. I highly recommend just buying it and not trying to make it. It's got a lot of stuff in it. But it's like a tiki uh, syrup. Kind of clove and cinnamon and like Caribbean spices. It's really nice. You can buy it on Amazon. Yep. If you have a good cocktail store, you pr they might have it, but I get mine on Amazon. Yep. Anyway, this drink's delish. It's got the magical Luxardo. No Luxardo. No, not Luxardo. Chartreuse. Chartreuse. It's Made a chartreuse by monks. swizzle. It's secret. Mm-hmm. The recipe, only two guys know it or know where it is, I guess. I think it's written down, but only two guys know where it is. Two guys and God. <laughs> Since course. they're monks, they tell God. No. Uh, so there we go. We kind of got a double cocktail of the week. Chartreuse is like in short supply. Uh, Not in this house. <laughs> no, we have. They make green and yellow, and we have both. Um, but the monks are just like we're making how much we're making. We don't care that you want more. Well, they can't. I mean, they can't grow the stuff more. The magical herbs. They can't grow more. I mean, it actually speaks for the authenticity that they can't just jack it up there used to be uh, a wine supposedly from germany called liebfrauenmilch 
oh, it had a had a name. It was a very sweet Riesling. This is like mm, thirty years those. ago. They give me headaches. Yeah, but it was like really crappy wine. But yeah. it was supposed to be from Germany. I'm I'm gonna look up the the, the name later when we take a break. But um, the German name supposedly was Liebfrauenmilch, and there's a vineyard in Germany called Liebfrauenmilch, where it makes wine, and it's like the size of this living room, and it was supposed <laughs> to produce like four million, you know bottles a year <laughs> supply the entire world and and all the germans are like huh <laughs> hmm. wonder where it came from i wonder where this stuff actually comes from so th the fact that chartreuse is saying we're not going to just increase production to to satisfy demand tells me there's a little bit more authenticity there yeah liebfrauenmilch in reference to the Virgin Mary is a style of semi-sweet white German wine, which may be produced mostly for export in the regions of Rheinhessen, Palatinate, how, how? Palatinate, Pals. Oh. Mm -hmm. Palatinate? Yeah. That's how you'd say it in German? No, in German it's the Pfalz. Oh, oh, Rheinland oh, Pals. so this is the Americanization. I was it's like, like, that does not look like Englishization. Yeah, it's not just American, but yeah. Pfalz, I know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rheingau and Nähe. Nahe. Nahe. Yep. The original German spelling of the word is Liebfrauenmilch, given to the wine produced from the vineyards of Liebfrauenkirche, or Church of Our Lady, in the Rhineland Pfalz, city of Worms. 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 It's, it's, I'm reading it right here. It says Worms. Worms. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, that's that small vineyard. Does it say what it was called in America? They they marketed here under a slightly different under a different name, and I can't remember what it was. That's what I'm trying to uh, rack my brains. See. The generic label Liebfrauenmilch is typically used to market vintages from anywhere in most of the major wine growing areas of Germany, with the notable exception of Mosul. Mm -hmm. Wine with similar characteristics but made from higher quality grapes is labeled as Spätlese. Spätlese. Well, that is higher quality. Auslese. That's actually good quality, yeah. In the U.S. and the U.K., perhaps the best-known example has been Blue Nun. The Blue Nun. Yes, it was Blue Nun that there are just like millions of bottles of Blue Nun around Which the world. It no longer uses the Liebfrauenmilch designation. There we go. They, Blue they Nun. They admitted it was always crap. And it was it just ruined the reputation of German wine for a generation because it's, mm. it was this sweet, bleh, not very flavorful wine instant hangover i think <laughs> every time i've had sweet riesling i feel terrible i mean i have half a glass and i feel yeah gross. but there are much better wines right in germany too that just th this is the stuff that was exported it'd be like thinking all german beer is bex or something mm -hmm. or something you hate i don't know same poly girl <laughs> during the 1970s in the u.s a series of radio adverts promoting the wine were produced featuring stiller and Meera. Their ads were so effective, they boosted sales by 500%. From the late 1980s and more so into the 90s, the easy-drinking, semi-sweet German wipes began to decline in popularity. Consequently, the brand's popularity declined and the wine began to be perceived as tacky and dated. And gross. <laughs> this change was reflected in the drink of choice of Alan Partridge, a fictional over-the-hill British television and radio presenter. However, sales increased after Blue Nun purchased was purchased by the Mosul-based German family Langguth, which brought the previous owners Sichel in 1996. Right, this is 
That's very detailed. They reclassified as Liebfrauen milk, and then the QBA, and then they changed the grapes. They tried to make it better, but it was already ruined by the blue nun affiliation. Well, and there's a there's two nuns in like blue dresses and then white habits on the label. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, but it's kind of tacky. I mean, it's kind of dated. Tacky is what it said. Tacky and dated. Look, it's a little tacky. Okay. It's not classy. It doesn't even not look classy. classy. It is not classy. No. <laughs> okay, uh, it's time for administrative corner. Yes, I love administrative corner. I've been <laughs> waiting for this with bated breath. Uh, so I got a couple things. Let's stay on the booze. <laughs> the world's women's World Cup game is on the background, and Inga just made like a angry gesture. The refereeing is terrible. <laughs> the Dutch are just butchers, butcherettes. Butcherettes. <laughs> terrible. Oh my god! All <laughs> right, uh, administrative corner. Uh, I went into Key, Le- Key West Legal Rum last week. It is their tenth anniversary, and they've got a special bottle of uh or special they've produced a handful of bottles of a new kind of blended rum which is quite good it's fucking great it's, it's really so good. good so paul menta who runs and owns key West Legal rum he texted me and he's like i got a bottle of that for you and i was like i will be right in so i came in and for those of you who have done the mojito class his wife crystal usually does the mojito class and she's like uh he's like crystal set this other bottle aside for you too like separate from this one i was like ooh, two bottles <laughs> and so we've talked to you guys about how like the green coconut rum like if you leave it out in the sun it'll turn pink and they apparently made a batch that turned like super pink <laughs> and she's like whenever the golden ratio you know fans come in here they're always asking about the rum turning pink and we never could figure out like how do you guys know that it turns it's pink? a secret it's right it's like because it's green it. on the shelf yeah so there they made this one batch and there's just a few bottles and they turned like like the color of a rosé like deep pinkish red yeah it, it looks uh like wine it or looks something. like wine. yeah it's amazing uh it's really good it's i mean it tastes almost the same but it's like a little more mellow like a little smoother so anyway when it turned that pink they're like we got to save that for jen so they've been like saving it for me which is so nice so they sent me home with uh with two bottles of of spirit <laughs> you want to you want to share and go usa two netherlands one i said to turn the tv off because i was losing ingo's attention you turned it off it's off now <gasps> I'm glad you didn't turn off a split second earlier before I saw that we I scored. I literally actually had pushed off as the ball went in. Do you want to pause the podcast and wait till the game? You are done? a curse on the U.S. team. If you if we lose now, it'll be your fault. We could pod after the game. There's a billion people watching this game, and you're you're affecting the outcome by turning. It <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we pause the podcast, watch the end no, of the game? It's fine. <laughs> I think we're. I mean, we're good. We're going to finish before the end of the game. I mean, especially because they add like 15 and a half minutes arbitrarily at the end, depending on the feels. You got to play till it's over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as I was saying, which you may not have heard, uh, I went into Key West Legal Rum and they gave me these two bottles, this one beautiful pink bottle of coconut rum and uh, the new 10 year anniversary blend. I think, I mean, the, 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 the label is amazing. But it doesn't actually say what kind of rum it is. Like it doesn't have a rum name on it. It's it's uh it's like they forgot. It's, it's not called raw and unfiltered. It's not called coconut, right? It's not called special blend. It just says it just is like the the uh, Key West Legal Rum Distillery on it. I think it's called Solera. But it's not on the label. 
Well, because they only made like 40 bottles Secret. of it. Secret. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I got one. It also has an amazing stand, like a wooden stand about the, with the 10 years of... All the stuff they've done. Yeah, of what they've, they've done for the community and stuff. It's, it's a great thing. It it's was a great, great gift. Yep. So, so we've got that. And uh, I was talking all kinds of schemes. We're going to do like a little Christmas recipe card with dog photos things with them so stay tuned for that but uh paul was saying he's like you guys you know your fans buy a lot of rum and i was like that's because we love the rum and talk it up he's like do you want to give him a discount code i was like yes he's like what should the discount codes be and i was like well you know we have a dog named vinkman like we could use vink we have a dog named guacamole we could use guac i'm like we also had a voodoo and he's like okay we'll do all three of those (laughs) so if you want five dollars off from Key West Legal Realm, like you can buy it online and it'll get shipped to you. You can either use Vink or Guac or Voodoo as your code, and uh, and get five dollars off. So Vink, Guac, or Voodoo. Yeah, we don't get anything from this. This is just he's he loves that you guys. You know, like you voted for him for the distillery right. in the yeah. um in the like best craft rum, and he won. That's like because we marshaled all of you guys to vote for them because we love them so he he's just like really appreciative that like you guys and and shout out to everyone who comes in and asks for the pink rum because then they always go how do you know and they're like we're growing ratio followers so they they have an idea that it's those dog people (laughs) who buy a lot of rum (laughs) which is great we that's what we want we want to sort of it's good stuff it's not like we don't believe in it we have so much of it (laughs) i drink so much of it (laughs) So if you go to QSLegalRum.com, um, it, you can see there's like a buy now thing. So you can get the coconut rum, which is our favorite. That's the stuff that turns pink. Yep. It'll come clear. But if you stick it in your window in the sunshine, it'll turn pink. Um, there's Key West Devil's Rum, which I think is cinnamon yep. flavored. Yep. It burns yep. your mouth. It burns. <laughs> yeah, it's like fireball, um, but way <laughs> better. Um spiced rum so their version of like a captain morgan um they have key west bad bitch rum um which is like there's like a new federal law after they made this that you can't have curse words in your rum name (laughs) but they got they got (laughs) they got grandfathered in um which is named after this like rum runner marie spanish marie uh but she's a bad bitch and so it's like a dark rum which is good and you can get the robert the doll voodoo rum on the website but be careful slightly haunted that could be slightly haunted um yeah we would recommend the coconut can you get the raw and unfiltered on online i think you can i'm i'm looking to see uh yes you can get the raw and unfiltered raw and unfiltered is also a, a good one it's it's what it sounds like but it has sort of a lot of the sugar still in it it's just real it's very good it's dark but it's not it's not uh cinnamony or anything like that yeah it's, it's really good and then they also have a glazed pineapple rum uh so like a pineapple flavored rum which is good too but we highly recommend the green coconut it's fantastic that and the unfiltered are sort of my go-to's yep so uh so there you go you can use vink v-i-n-k or guac or voodoo if you want to buy some rum for anybody on their website yep. was, i thought that was pretty nice it's very nice um the other administrative update is you know twitter continues to die and um <laughs> <laughs> it's just so dumb it's have so you dumb. seen the meme with with uh what's his name melonhead 
poking at the X on the ground going, come on, make money. <laughs> make money. He's got a stick and he's poking it. <laughs> My favorite one was the uh, clip from the Dead Parrot sketch. Yeah. And it was just like, it was alive when you bought it. <laughs> that parrot is deceased. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we, we're kind of hedging our bets in kind of everywhere. So mm-hmm. uh, we are on Blue Sky which is like run by Jack, the guy who used to run Don't you Twitter. need invites to that? But that's it. You need invites. Yeah. So it's not... It's kind of lame. But Darth is there. Darth isn't Aww. tweeting anymore, but Darth's on Blue Sky. So anyway, mm. we're posting on Blue Sky. Ingo, if you need an invite, I think I have one left. I've given them all away, but I think I have one left. No. Okay. <laughs> um, but we're on Threads, and Threads has sort of sucked because they had like the Instagram feed and you couldn't see stuff in chronological order. And if you touched it, it would refresh and you'd lose everything. And then everything. like what you were looking, looking at just went away. I know. <laughs> they have fixed this. So there is now a, an option for a chronological feed or for you, just like on Twitter. And with the for you, if you refresh it, it just adds new stuff to the top. It does not get reshuffle rid of it. Reshuffle the it entire It doesn't reshuffle deck. it. So <laughs> like I think that just came out in the last day or so. So if you were a person, like a, we have a ton of followers on threads. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people signed up and then it's like, it actually kind of sucks. So we're not using it very much. Give it a try again. It's much better now <laughs> because they've added in this, uh, this feature. So and it's just hard to check two two sites. I I'm mean, posting like five different places. Now it's so fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, not for me. I mean, no, good job for you. <laughs> um, anyway, job. so threads and blue sky, you can find us on, but I, in, if everything works the way they say, Technically, Blue Sky is Fediverse and Threads is going to be Fediverse. And so you could have an account on one and follow us on the other. I, I don't fucking know if that's going to work and it's complicated and dumb. We're just going to keep posting everywhere for now. And uh, the problem is Threads isn't available in the EU right now because it's not GDPR compliant, which means it's creepy. Um, <coughs> but Blue Sky, if you want. And we're not going to leave Twitter either until Twitter dies. But anyway, there you go. You know why I'm happy? Why? Because we're still an administrative corner. It's been like <laughs> a long administrative corner. I'm just sitting here going, hey, 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 this is very, I'm very pleased. You know, there's one more thing I want to raise. You have an administrative corner? No, I'm just going to prompt you for more. Okay. Why do all the dogs have weird colored paws? <laughs> uh, we are paw printing book plates for my book. So Mostly you. I got to say, you are working. We is me, yeah. So hard. I'm. You're I, doing a great job. Thank you. Yes, I am a little paw print factory. The dogs just lay there. I do all the work. The good dogs lay there. Uh, they all have been great, actually. Um, so, yeah, if you. Uh, so, I have this book about people's bond with their dogs, The Purest Bond, that's coming out in November, which I've talked about a billion times. Uh, it's a great present. You should buy one for everybody you know, mm-hmm. because I really wanted to get on the New York Times bestseller <laughs> list. So I was like looking at like <laughs> Publishers Weekly today. It's really interesting. Like, uh, if you look at Publishers Weekly, like they actually show you how many copies of each book have sold. You can't slurp your drink, Ingo. You can't slurp it. Wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fine, so the dogs can slurp all they want and slurp and glop, and I can't make a subtle accidental slurp. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, 
Um, so, yeah. So, Publishers Weekly has a bestseller list, and it's just like number of copies sold. And it, it shows you how many sold this week and how many sold total. Hmm. So, like this week, the number one bestseller on Publishers Weekly, and actually also on the New York Times bestseller list, is Beyond the Story, 10-Year Record of BTS. The Korean pop band. Mm-hmm. Pe- the kids. These, these boys. K-pop. Yes. Yeah. So, it sold 107,000 copies, which is, like, wild. That is hilarious. Yeah. Well, at least the teen girls are reading. <laughs> so, it came out this week. It has week. pictures. It's got pictures. <laughs> uh, so... Yes. Uh, I so bet it, that doesn't have any paw prints. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking. Is, it, is that on the BTS? It's number... Oh, it came out two weeks ago. Okay, so it's number six on the New York Times bestseller list. So they have different methods or is mm-hmm. it... Publishers Weekly is just here's the total number of books sold this week. Uh-huh. New York Times does all sorts of other stuff because here's here's interesting. So number two on Publishers Weekly is the Leg- Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the complete official guide collector's edition. Nice. And number three is Dark Future, Uncovering the Great Reset's Terrifying Next Phase by oh Glenn Beck. Gah. And so I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so that Glenn Beck book sold 23,000, almost 24,000 copies. It came out this week. You go to the New York Times bestseller list, not on there. Because it was all bought by Glenn Beck and Mrs. Beck, his mom. Unknown. But like on the on the Publishers Weekly list, they have this book like The Heat Will Kill You First. The Heat Will Kill You First. Life and Death on this on a Scorched Planet by Jeff Goodall. It sold 3,200 copies. The, it came out this week. It sold 3,200 copies. Um, it is number 17 on Publishers Weekly, just which is just how many books were sold, yeah. nonfiction. Yeah. So it's number 17 with 3,200 copies. It's number 14 on the New York Times bestseller list. So it's higher ranked, but like the Glenn Beck book, which sold 24,000 copies, eight times as many, isn't on the New York Times bestseller list maybe, at all. Maybe it doesn't count as non-fiction maybe it's a different category no it's that it's it's considered drivel to get in well to get on the new york times bestseller list they don't tell you exactly what you have to do (sighs) but you do have to sell from a diversity of sources so what that means is you can't order twenty thousand copies of the book and get me on the new york times bestseller list which suggests that Maybe Glenn Beck's book is not being bought by a lot of people from a lot of different places. I have to go cancel some orders. Hang on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it uh, does suggest that to me. Yes, if that is exactly right. It was all bought by one, you know, billionaire or something. So anyway, uh, I'm doing paw prints. Uh, we had done, they had sent me a thousand book plates, actually a thousand and fifty book plates. So we're like paw printing those and then they come with your book and you can stick them in there or whatever. You could frame it if you want it, but it, it comes like that. And, uh, and honest dog books, which is the only place you can get the book plated ones with, you have to pre-order from honest dog books and then it automatically comes with a book plate. Um, they've sold 950 copies already. And I, so I went to the publisher and I was like, you guys, I think I need more book plates. So they sent me another 1500 and I'm like, Oh, so much paw printing. Your your co-author has said she might, 
help. She offered. She's like, if you but need she needs access fl- to a dog. Yeah, she offered to fly down. But the thing is, it doesn't. It takes me like half an hour to do about 200. And so I can get it done. Right. Like it's not worth her flying down for it, but it is literally and figuratively a pain in my ass. My butt hurts at the end. I should drive her two dogs and be like, bring them back in a week. Uh, use them <laughs> for a while and then bring them back. Do uh, we, at least 500. You got to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time for dog updates. All right. Well, that was a nice long stay in an administrative corner. I'm quite pleased. Yep. Got my fill. I don't know that we have many dog updates. Brody kept me up all night last night. There's been evening it storms. It was not even that stormy. There was no thunder. No, but he hears... I mean, he he way overreacted. <laughs> he he got himself so wound up, and then yeah. he just could not come down. We tried medicine. We tried yeah, everything. Yeah, Remy was calm, right? Remy's, Remy was Remy great. has the hair trigger usually, because Remy can actually hear. Brody, thank goodness, doesn't hear that well. But Brody's gotten to the point where if he sees lightning, he goes, he he, he, he already starts, you know, freaking himself out. Yeah, I thought Remy was going to be a problem because he wanted to get up on the bed, which usually then he just pants. And he just like curled up, laid down and went to sleep. Actually, he kind of pushed me off the bed, but that, but also he was happy. <laughs> I was like laying on top of his legs too. I mean, he took up a lot of space, but <laughs> I could sleep. He splays. I would like just get to sleep and then Brody would come over and be panting and freaking out. He pants like a a steam train yes he you does. know that mission impossible movie with that steam train that sounded <laughs> like brody he he's and he's just it's just irrational right he doesn't like you when i'm literally petting him he settles down a little bit no he does not well he there's doesn't. all these times you pet him and i think you sleep pet him and then i'm like i would just like to go to sleep please and brody's like i am going to continue standing here panting to get pet yeah, well, I fall asleep and stop petting him, right? As long as there's active petting, he's better. But it doesn't, I mean, it's inconsistent with staying awake. Um, the the new anti-anxiety medicine that we had didn't seem to take the edge off that, the right? Thing Did, is, didn't we try it? I, I did give it to him around three. Yeah. And it kind of worked great. Now, I took him out. He did all his business. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, maybe he was also like, oh, I really got to go to the bathroom, you guys. And I gave him the stuff and then he kind of settled down and he slept for like an hour and a half. And I think Remy got me up and and I got up. I don't know if I went to get a glass of water or go to the bathroom, but I like walked past Brody. who was on his side asleep and I kind of like pet his tum for a second yeah. and he woke up and started panting again. Oh. I was like, I was like, fuck, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I had just crept back. Quietly. Oh, triggered the landmine. Yeah. Uh yeah, then he did not he did not settle back down after that. And it wasn't it wasn't because there was some raging storm outside. We do we did have a storm yesterday during the day with like surprising wind. It bent our flagpole. It have bent. you gone out there and looked at it? Yeah, it's yeah. bent. <laughs> it um, was like fifty mile an hour winds. For for it wasn't predicted there was no warning. It's not a named storm. It was just like all of a sudden it decided to just blow. It was like ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a quite a severe 10 minutes. Our yeah. flagpole was, I mean, there's been like no wind for weeks, like not even a breeze. Yeah. And then I'm looking out the window and there's like, this, you know, all this wind, like stuff's blowing over and our flagpole is like scarily bending. And I'm like, and there's all this lightning. And I'm like, I'm just going to cut the, go out there and cut the rope because it's going to bend the flagpole in half. So I'm just going to cut the rope, like whatever. We'll get the flag from the neighbor's house afterwards. 
and but I'm like I'm not gonna take it down in the lightning and I went out and I was like can I unravel it and then there's like big bolts of lightning I'm like no so just cut the rope like whatever and the flag like got caught up on the top and I was like fuck it like at least I've done a thing but and it was then making Ingo- a little parachute and goes like I all of a sudden disappears and I'm like where is he and then I look out it's like now pouring rain lightning bolts everywhere Ingo's like disassembling the flagpole and then he's like holding the flagpole and like trying to untangle the flag and I open the window I'm like get stop being stupid you're going to get struck by lightning I was like where is that voice coming from is it is <laughs> it from above <laughs> it was above everywhere. it was above and I was like, but I don't feel any static. My hair's not standing I on end. I cut that rope. I didn't feel anything. Because it was dumb to be handling a big, tall metal pole in a lightning storm. <laughs> in hindsight, and I, yes. I come back in and I was like, I'm going to go out and take care of that in the lightning storm. I'm fine. I'm yeah. like, drop that thing and get back in here right now. <laughs> well, luckily nothing happened. <laughs> but it did bend our flagpole. That was severe. It was wild. Severe wind. Yeah. Um... But that was during the day. At night, there was like distant, occasional, faint rumbles, like nothing that Almost would that nothing, would yeah. that would normally set the dogs off. It's not like fireworks or anything. But we don't really have any dog updates, so no, they're all doing fine. Venki escaped again, but then she doesn't really believe that the fence is a barrier and doesn't really understand that that you know. Yep. The only thing that's keeping everyone from escaping more is the neighbors aren't the the stake neighbors aren't there right now. There's no food on the dock. All right. Are we ready for ramblings? I guess we are. Okay. You're, you're rambling, so let's move on to ramblings. Uh, you tweeted this thing, and you're like, this is like a law school question. <laughs> and then I eventually did yeah. the research, and it's a crazy story. It is. So here's the, the little like screenshot of Fox 13 News in Seattle. It says, Seattle shooting in dog attack across the top. And then it's got five bullet points. And then, you know, a little picture on one side of an apartment building and then the bullet points. And and as they say in TikTok, watch till the end. It's worth it. Woman attacked by dog calls police. Dogs placed back in apartment, then let back out. Did you just slurp that drink again? It's not full enough anymore. Hang hang on a second. I'm going to pause the podcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. We paused and Ingo said luxurious. Off microphone slurping. Okay. Woman attacked by dog calls police. Point two. Dogs placed back in apartment, then let back out. (laughs) Point three. Another person attacked by dogs. (laughs) Point four. Man attempts to shoot dogs, shoots woman. (laughs) Point five. Woman shot was burglarizing apartment. So good. That's crazy. That is at fault. (laughs) So I was like, I got to find the actual story uh, because it was just that screenshot. (laughs) So here's the story. Woman shot after she burglarizes apartment, comma, freeze dogs who attack residents. The story is crazier than the bullet points. A woman in First Hill was shot Friday night. This is near Seattle, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Seattle, I think. Mm -hmm. After she burglarized an apartment and released three pit bulls who then attacked two building residents. About 10.30 p.m., officers were dispatched to investigate an animal bite at an apartment building in the 1000 block of University Street. This, by the way, this is the Seattle Police Blotter, the SPD Blotter. 
This is written by Detective Valerie Carson. So just contrast this prose. She wrote this yeah. with what we get in Conk Life, which is also, that's the key's police Yeah, no, blotter. this is much better. Va- is like Valerie, prof- uh, Officer Valerie is a much detective. better writer. Detective. Detective Sergeant Lieutenant Chief Officer Valerie. Detective. It's just detective. detective. <laughs> She's a very good writer. Okay. About 10.30 p.m., officers were dispatched to investigate an animal bite at an apartment building in the 1000 block of University Street. The victim reported she heard dogs barking downstairs, so she went to make sure it wasn't a friend's dog who lives on a lower level. (laughs) When she got off the elevator, she was attacked by three pit bulls and was bitten on her arm. Wow. By the time officers arrived, the dogs were back in the apartment. Officers went to the unit and attempted to speak with the owner, but got no answer. While police were at the apartment complex, the building manager called 911 to request officers contact a long-term female guest in the unit next to the dog's apartment. I just want to note, I like that she calls it the dog's apartment. (laughs) It's good, yeah. Uh, Who had been consistently causing disturbances in the building and had been seen regularly trying other units' door handles. Mm. So this chick lives next to the dogs, and she's a problem. And so while the police are already at the building... The manager calls 911 and he's like, this lady's a problem. Still probleming. Officers attempted to contact the woman in the reference department, but got no answer there either. They left. However, within minutes, they were on their way back to the same <laughs> location for reports that a woman had been shot. Arriving officers found a 37-year-old woman outside the building with a gunshot wound near her collarbone. <laughs> Police began providing first aid to the woman who was transferred to Seattle Fire Department medics who took her to the hospital. The building manager was one of several 911 callers who reported the shooting, and he told investigating officers the following. After police left the apartment building, the dogs were soon out in the building's courtyard again. So they had bitten this this other lady, and then they got back into the apartment somehow, and then the cops knock on the door nobody answers i assume the dogs bark and then the cops leave and then all of a sudden the dogs are back out again Mm -hmm. in the courtyard the manager tried to go talk to the owner but was also attacked by the dogs he managed to get the dogs to go outside the courtyard to the street (laughs) and then closed the door behind them locking them out and what the officer detective doesn't say is very pleased with himself for taking care of the problem the dogs are like running around loose now the dogs live in this building they're in the courtyard, and this guy's like, fuck you guys, get out. And he opens <laughs> the door t- out onto the street, and the dogs go out, and he closes the door, and he's like, not my problem anymore. Oh, totally. Fuck. Fuck that owner. Well, he's a winner, as, as evidence later. Okay. So he locks the dogs outside the building and walks away. Walks away. <laughs> the female guest that the manager had called about earlier, this is the problem lady yes. who lives next door to the dogs, she was also in the courtyard and asked him to let the dogs back in. Quite a reasonable request. Like, what the fuck, my dude? Why did you just put those dogs out on the street? The manager says, no. So the lady, the problem lady, goes outside onto the street with the dogs, which is very reasonable. Like, these dogs are just, like, now loose out on the street. Like, like where, something's going to happen. What's going on out here? Yeah. The manager headed back to his unit. So he's like, not my problem anymore. I'm done. But soon heard screaming from outside. 
A couple who had been walking Ugh. their small dog were now holding it above their heads as the pit bulls jumped on them and tried to attack it. This is like a movie scene or a cartoon scene. These pit, these like poor dog owners have their little like chihuahua or something above their head. Yeah. Probably it's barking its head off because it's terrified. And the pit bulls are like, ooh, mm -hmm. how exciting is this? The manager said he took his gun from his apartment and went outside and fired a warning shot into the air. Inga, would you like to give a safety lecture on warning shots fired into the air? I, what? Are you thinking the dogs are going to respect the warning shot? Is that your thought? Like, what the hell thinking is a warning shot into the air under these conditions? I, I asked you to... Also, the bullet goes up. Thank you. It doesn't stay in the up. No. It doesn't leave orbit. No. It comes back down somewhere. Yeah. And that could be somewhere where there's someone's head is. Yes. And then it'll hurt. Don't fire warning shots. Then what you're doing is just shooting at a thing that you're not looking at. It could be you. I mean, that would be an ideal thing, but it rarely is you. All right. So the manager takes his gun. He goes out. He shoots a warning shot into the air. When the dogs did not stop, he filed, fired two more shots towards the dogs, <sighs> one of which struck the female guest, the problem lady, who had accompanied the dogs outside. Police seized the gun as evidence, and Seattle Fire Department medics treated the manager's dog bite injuries. Because remember, the dogs bit him in the courtyard, which is why he kicked him out on the street. Officers arrested the 50-year-old man for reckless endangerment and later released him from the East Precinct. So, manager absolutely needs to go to jail for many reasons, and did. Meanwhile, police at the scene interviewed the dog owner who had returned to his apartment after receiving a text message from the building manager that his dogs are loose. Can you imagine, like, you live in an apartment building and your building manager is like, hey, uh, I don't know what happened. Your dogs aren't in your apartment anymore. And, and I uh, just kicked them out I of the courtyard. Put them out on the street. So the dog owner, of course, is like, what the fuck? He comes home. Uh, so he comes home. The dog owner showed officers the three crates that he keeps his dogs in when he's away from the apartment and stated it was not possible for them all to escape their crates and the apartment without being let out by a person. So, like, kudos to this guy. Like, his dogs obviously are, like, kind of dicks. They have bitten a bunch of people at this <laughs> point. They've really torn through the, uh, the apartment complex. But this guy is like... I don't want my dogs getting out to anybody. So not only do I keep them in my apartment, I keep them in crates in my apartment when I'm not here. So what the fuck? How are they out of their crates and out of the apartment and out of the courtyard on the street? It's a, what it's happened? a great mystery. The owner suspected that the woman staying in the apartment next door, the problem woman, problem woman. had let the dogs out because she had tried his apartment door handle in the past and she likes to play with the dogs when he takes them out, which like bad and then good she's good. all good except for the breaking and entering bit <laughs> except for the constant gun breaking and entering bit yes he also noted that several expensive pairs of his shoes were missing along with several hundred dollars in cash so also the breaking and stealing burgling <laughs> breaking entering theft. and stealing <laughs> officers went to the hospital to interview the woman who had been shot she told officers she had entered the dog's apartment to let them out and had stolen several items so she also did not practice shut the fuck up Friday. It wasn't Friday. <laughs> Every day shut the fuck up Friday. <laughs> Police determined there was probable cause to arrest the woman for residential burglary. However, because of her need for significant medical treatment, she remained at the hospital and officers will request the charges. So there you go. What a wild ride. What a wild ride and what a what a just succession of bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Like 
mostly by the building owner, but but by everyone. Also the the neighbor who's the like, problem. She let those dogs out. She let those dogs out. I mean, she wasn't just playing with them in the apartment. That would have been one thing. Like steal the stuff, play with the dogs. Close the door, lady. Close the freaking door. She sounds like she's got some kind of mental illness. It could be drugs. If she's stealing men's shoes from that, if that's what she's burgling, that's a very weird judgment call. But also, like, there's... Yeah, for sure. But also, like, the fact that you're like... She's not just stealing. She could just go into his apartment and steal his shoes and cash and leave. She's letting the dogs out to play with them. It's true. And and she, she tries a lot of people's door handles, right? Uh-huh. So she kind of is always ra- wandering around. And isn't she squatting in the She's apartment? She's a guest, whatever the uh, fuck that means, a, a long-term guest. <laughs> it's a little shady also, yes. All right, it's time for Taste of the Keys. Excellent. Uh, roughly ten to 20,000 people sent me this article. <laughs> when I was talking with Paul Menta of Key West Legal Rum, he's like, did you see this article, Jen? <laughs> yes, I did, everyone. Uh, I have also thing, seen the thing about the golden retrievers in Scotland. I think 50,000 people sent me the gathering of More people than retrievers. Yeah. Yes, more people than dogs who were at that thing in Scotland sent me the pictures of the dogs in Scotland. <laughs> uh, okay, but the taste of the keys is experts say cocaine sharks may be feasting on drugs dumped off Florida. Erratic behavior observed in some sharks could be the result of them ingesting bales of cocaine cast overboard by passing traffickers. <laughs> this is in The Guardian, I think. Yeah. Move over, cocaine bear. Here come cocaine sharks. And what could be the plot line for the next cheesy marine-themed disaster movie? Scientists think crazed and hungry sharks could be feasting on bales of hallucinatory drugs dumped off the Florida coast. Is cocaine... Uh, I mean, I have not done... I don't co- think it's is hallucinant. It I think it's just a stimulant. Yet while cocaine sharks, highlight of Discovery Channel's upcoming Shark Week, does indeed examine if the ocean predators are chomping on floating pharmaceuticals cast overboard by passing traffickers, marine scientists who made the TV program say its purpose is beyond gratuitous entertainment. Right. It's a catchy headline to shed light on a real problem. No. Everything we use, everything we manufacture, everything we put into our bodies ends up in our wastewater streams and natural water bodies and these aquatic life we depend on to survive are then exposed to that. Mm-hmm. We've seen studies with pharmaceuticals, cocaine, methamphetamines, ketamine, all of these where fish were being affected by drugs. If these cocaine bales are a point source of pollution, it's very plausible sharks could be affected by this chemical. So they have no evidence that a shark has ever eaten this nasty tasting bale of plastic. Sharks aren't stupid. In their research conducted during six days at sea in the Florida Keys, the ecologically sensitive island chain off the state's southern tip, Fanera, this is the uh, scientist they were interviewing. The Discovery Channel guy? Uh, I believe it's a she, Dr. Tracy Fanera. Ma'am, the Discovery Channel ma'am. I guess Tracy could be a guy's name. Yeah, you don't know. I don't know. I certainly don't know. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. Here's Tracy. It's a... Hi, female presenting. Uh, yeah, this is she. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. All right. We're, we got to get back down to the keys part. I had to look up. Her anyway, so she was there for six days and she thought, hey, sharks could eat cocaine. All right. In the research conducted during the six days in the Florida Keys, 
She and the British marine biologist Tom Hurd observed sharks exhibiting peculiar behaviors. Mm. A hammerhead, a species that would usually swim away from humans, came directly towards the divers, moving erratically. They also observed a sandbar shark swimming in circles as it apparently focused on an imaginary object. They conducted experiments including dropping dummy bales in the water, which many of the sharks took bites out of, and loading balls of bait with highly concentrated fish powder to simulate cocaine. The effect, the researcher says, was akin to catnip on felines. It's the next best thing sets their brains aflame. It was crazy, Heard says on the show. Fanera says they chose the Florida Keys as the best location for their research because a convergence of ocean currents made the region prevalent for floating bales of cocaine. Also, a lot of people bring cocaine to the Florida Keys. <laughs> they, don't, they don't say that part, but that's actually more important than the currents. People just bring their cocaine and then drop it here. Florida serves as a staging point for large quantity of drugs. Blah, blah, square groupers. While we were filming in the Keys, cocaine bales were washing ashore like twice in one week. So it's a really prevalent issue, she said. Yep. How much cocaine sharks were actually ingesting was impossible to determine based on experiments that were only precursory. Mm-hmm. So no, there's no evidence that a shark has ever eaten a bale of cocaine. Listen. Maybe. They they put a bale of fish food out and they were surprised <laughs> that the sharks eat the fish food. And then they're like, oh, obviously that means the sharks snort cocaine. No, <laughs> it means the sharks <laughs> like fish food. Anyway. Listen, cocaine shark, Ingo. It's going to be cocaine sharknado next, I think. Uh, time for German word of the week. It's Menschentraube. Mm. People grape. Grape. I don't think I would have managed to pull it. I did know that word at one point. Yep. Mentioned how, but people grape. Sounds like it could be dirty. What's nope. it mean? It's just a, a cluster of humans, like a a, a crowd, a clustering crowd. L- little it gets, we think it's in the people. shape of a grape. Like it's <laughs> gets kind of fat in the middle, kind of round. a grape, like a grape. One, uh, yes, like a... Uh, uh, you, you and I are having problems We're here. We're both struggling to find Like grapes word. sitting on a vine. A grapevine, grape, yeah. cluster of grapes. Cluster? When you buy grapes, it's in the cluster. Yeah. A bunch. It's a a bunch. called a bunch. A bunch of grapes. Kind of like a grape bunch, but you, but it's mentioned Traube, so it's... People grape. People grape. Yep. Oh. There you go. Nothing, you know, too political about this. It's time for Ingo Corner, where you can say whatever you want, and I won't stop you. Nice of you to all buy Paul Menta rum. We don't get anything from that, though. So except just do it the except reputation good. and occasional free bottles. But, but that's nice. We like to be recognized. It's nice to be cool when you walk into there and they're like, yo, you golden ratio people. Thanks for all the money you're making us indirectly. <laughs> that's cool. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. And continuing the, my theme of uh, maybe I'll say this every week. Thanks for sending us stuff. Someone sent sent us Aquavit from Denmark, I think. Sweden. Well, I think it was from Sweden, but I thought Aquavit might be sweet. It might be Danish. Oh, the Aquavit. Jubileum. And cloudberry liqueur. Laka. And Laka from Finland. I, I Norway. Didn't look. I looked where the person sent it from, She's not where from the Sweden. liquors were manufactured. She's from Sweden. Yeah, we're going to do probably next week's Cocktail of the Week with those. Laka. Yeah. Cloud and the Aquavit they drink in Germany. 
UV. They Ingo call it UV. was extremely excited by the Aquavit. He's like, ooh, that's a really good one. I'm going to put it in the freezer right now where it belongs. Yes. And now I've been drinking it. Yeah, that's not, great. Not as much today yet. But the night is still young. <laughs> so anyway, thanks to everyone. We I appreciate it. I do. I appreciate it anyway. <laughs> I'm getting some bombastic side eye over here from Jen. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, Thanks for listening. And until next time, Slava Ukraini. And don't bait anyone unless they ask you to. That's right. Bye. Bye.